0: Critically acclaimed. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Not So Critically Acclaimed podcast. So, this is part three for This Is Us, and this is the very first part three that I've done for a TV series. So, I just want to give you guys an overview of what it's going to be like and, you know, what even is a part three. So basically, of the shows I've discussed on the podcast and done, you know, part ones and twos for, some of those shows are still ongoing, meaning that there are new seasons happening and ultimately there are more things to discuss about the show. So with that being said, before I get into This Is Us, I wanted to just like tell you some of the shows that I have featured on the podcast up until now that will have more seasons and therefore have the potential to get their own part three. It really just depends on like how much I care about that show and cared about the last season and feel like I have enough to talk about. Um, And this is also, you know, just something that you guys can look forward to in the near future and also just a reminder of a good portion of the shows that i have done because sometimes you guys recommend things that i've actually already done so here is like a little good way to catch up on shows that i've already discussed that you might not have realized so high school musical the musical the series you can guarantee i will be talking about season two Um, it doesn't even matter how much I have to say about the actual show because there's just so much that has changed in this franchise between the celebrities and all the, you know, all the drama that has changed since I discussed High School Musical, the musical, the series last year. And I want to share my opinion, like have one designated spot to talk about Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett and all the stuff and even the music aspect of it, which you guys know I never talk about. Um, but that's going to be fun. Then Gilmore Girls. So this would only apply if they do a second season of A Year in the Life um, because you guys know I could talk about Gilmore Girls forever. And honestly, I feel like the part two that already exists is not good enough and doesn't do the show justice because I was going based off of when I watched it in high school. And if you guys know um, from like watching my TikTok lives and stuff, I like did not watch it that well in high school, meaning towards the end of the series, I got bored and I just kind of skipped around to see Logan and Rory stuff. Um, And that's why I honestly didn't even appreciate A Year in the Life to its full capacity. And it wasn't until a few months ago when I watched it with my mom that I was like, I love the show even more now and I know the show so much better. So it's kind of like, I feel like I would want to maybe do a a redo on that um, and make it better. Then I could technically do the Friends Reunion, but I haven't even watched it yet, so I probably won't. Um, and then this, though, made me think of a potential idea for the podcast. And I was thinking how, like, you know, a lot of podcasts tend to just – there are more ones that have co-hosts, so, like, I don't have a co-host – um, But they end up like just talking about this week, especially like, let's say Bachelor ones. They talk about like, so if The Bachelor or Bachelorette isn't on yet, they might still do things during the off season to talk about like updates that are happening in the world of Bachelor Nation and any news related to certain couples and stuff. So I was thinking, you know, I make TikTok videos about news on um like, you know, when there's an announcement for a new teen drama or a reboot or a new movie I think you guys would like. And I make these little videos about it but then i was thinking you know what if i had podcast episodes where it was just like tv news and i was just literally going through all the updates that i've read about um i don't know that's potential you know but then that would kind of get rid of the idea of this being a recommendation podcast so maybe i would move that to youtube i don't know there's many options if you guys have any idea let me know Then Gossip Girl, I could technically discuss the reboot. I'm definitely going to watch the first episode, but who knows if I'm going to like it and want to watch more. I probably won't. Um, Grey's Anatomy, definitely going to have to discuss when season 17 ends because there's just so much that happened in this season to go over. Um, Outer Banks, definitely going to do season two. The Bachelor, probably not just because it's too much. And I feel like I don't watch it well enough especially in these last few years because i've just been so not interested in it anymore that when i especially because i'm used to watching with my friends and like that hasn't happened during the pandemic um but i feel like when i'm watching it i'm not paying attention that much and i totally don't remember things from the beginning of the season till the end so it's kind of like i don't want to talk about it i guess um all american i probably will talk about the new season not entirely sure yet good trouble hundred percent going to talk about it Riverdale probably not cuz I just don't like the show and I didn't even want to do Riverdale last year but I did it anyway. Kissing Booth 3, I will discuss it probably just to like round out the franchise. Dynasty definitely. Dancing with the Stars maybe. Um it depends who's on the season. Um Sweet Magnolia's for sure and if you guys have been following along since I discussed Sweet Magnolia's last summer, um just a little note So basically in the Sweet Magnolias episode of the podcast, I discussed how I for sure thought the season would, like the show was not going to get renewed for a second season. And I learned that they were a book series. So I really wanted to read the books to get more out of these characters and the stories because again, I for sure thought the show would get canceled. But I joined the waitlist for the book at the library because I guess it was high demand and I was like number 10 on the waitlist and the waitlist was moving so slowly that we joked like, oh, season two of Sweet Magnolias is going to come out before I get the book. And like, it literally made it seem like, oh my God, especially as this year then wrapped around and I still hadn't gotten the book. I was like, that's for sure going to happen. But then I didn't find out that. But then I found out that Sweet Magnolias season two isn't airing till 2022. So I was like, okay, no. But I checked the queue on the library all the time. And I'm really just um, not, I don't buy books because I've never read like a chapter book or like a real book, you know, more than once. Like if I read it once, that's it. I don't reread things like rewatching. Um, so that's why I don't buy books. So the whole idea is I go to the library and get the book. And so I actually checked the library queue a few days ago and still said I was number four. And I was like, I just don't understand. But there was an expiration and it said like that it expires on March of 2021. So I'm like, maybe my like place in the queue expired and I had to like re-add myself to the list. So I tried to click on the book and it says like item not found. So then I searched the book on the catalog and the only thing available is like the audiobook and an ebook. So I'm like, man, I bet someone lost the book and that's why it's been taking so long. So I just buckled down and finally gave in and ordered the book on Amazon, and it the first book is coming today, so I'm so excited because I'm going to start watching it right away um, or reading it right away, especially, and I really just got into it because I made that video about Sweet Magnolias, a few videos to the sound of Happier from Olivia Rodrigo, and it went viral and everyone's loving it, and I was like, I didn't expect this many people to love Sweet Magnolias, and the actors who played Annie um, commented on it, so that was cool. But okay, sorry, that was a super long tangent. Um bringing it back, Julian the Phantoms, if we get another season, you can of course expect another discussion of it on the podcast. Younger, I really need to watch it. I haven't watched um the new episodes yet because I've kind of just been waiting so I can binge it all. And so I know the last episode I think airs later this week or the following week. So I'm going to start it very soon so I can time it right and watch the series finale like right when it airs and be caught up, you know, and not have to wait that long between watching the second to last episode and the last one. Emily in Paris, 100% going to discuss. The bold Type, sad because it's going to be over soon, but that will be probably in the next few weeks. Dash and Lily, I don't know if this is even coming back. It never mentioned if it got a season two. But we probably won't hear about it till, like, Christmas time. Um, More of the after movies, I guess. But, like, I don't really care. I don't like the movies. I don't know. Bridgerton, probably. Tiny Pretty Things, hard no. Hated the show. Um, Fate the Wink Saga, yes. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, maybe. I feel like I just won't have that much to say about the last season. I didn't have that much to say overall. Because, like, sitcoms, I feel like I never have enough to say. Virgin River, maybe. Ginny and Georgia, 100%. One Chicago, not really sure. Um, How I Met Your Mother, the How I Met Your Father spinoff, maybe? I don't know. Love, Victor, yes. Lucifer, probably. But okay, that was a lot. With that being said, now it's time to discuss all my thoughts on season five of This Is Us since part two of This Is Us was done after season four ended. And also I highly encourage if you haven't listened to part two of This Is Us to go and listen to that just so you can get like the overview of my general opinions about the show and which characters are more of my favorite. I will touch upon some of that to like refresh your memory here, but you should really listen to part two so you can know where I'm going, um, especially because I'm going to focus on certain parts of the story more than others for obvious reasons that were made known in part two already. Okay, overall impression of the season. I enjoyed it to an extent, though. I definitely didn't love the COVID aspect of the show. And I really preferred when shows that did come back in the middle of the pandemic, um... I preferred it when they didn't acknowledge COVID and, like, the pandemic and everything that happened. Like, I understand why medical shows felt the need to incorporate it. Obviously, they don't want to be insensitive to what was going on. But as for these regular dramas, I just wanted to escape and, like, continue to live in the world of these characters and these lo- people's lives that aren't, like, reality. Um, But with that being said, I know that Of course, This Is Us trademark, is that it is literally called This Is Us for a reason, so viewers can resonate with the storyline and be like, hey, this is us. And I guess that would be hard to do when the pandemic was going on in reality, but the show was still showing normal life, and so people wouldn't be able to relate as much. But regardless, it was frustrating toward the beginning, but as time went on, the pandemic became less and less noticeable, I guess, on the show, so it was much better. For me, as you guys know if you listen to part two, the most interesting part of the show is definitely Kevin. Aside from Jack, Kevin is my favorite character Um, and like for the most part I love any of the earlier timeline stories. Like anything with Jack, love, and even anything after Jack that is isn't present time I always enjoy. But then with other characters I go back and forth with liking Randall like I feel like he's a lot of people's favorite character but for me he's like the least favorite and he primarily bugs me when he gets so intense and thinking through and deep and like philosophical and trying to just control everything and I like it more when he's like easy and breezy for lack of a better word and like being chill with his kids especially him and Deja I love their relationship and when him and Beth are being fun and chill and just not intense is when I like Randall. And then Kate, I like her. I prefer Toby. So honestly, the final scene, just like, ugh. But we're going to get into that at the very end. Um, But my point is that I like Kevin, and he's my favorite part of the show Um, because I think he's got more depth than he's given credit for, and I've said that many times. Um, And, you know... That's basically where a lot of the mystery lies, also. So, like, aside from Kate and Toby and the cliffhanger stuff, Kevin's character is usually the only one with some mystery, where where we really don't know where he's gonna end up, at least romantically. Because you know, I said this in part two, and I'm sorry for start sounding like a broken record. Kate found Toby very early on, even though now that's being disrupted. Like, it was still, a lot of the show was, like, permanent. And then Beth and Randall, of course, are also permanent. And Kevin's the only one who's gone all over the place. And it's kind of like, well, where is his story going to end up romantically again? Because that is such a big portion of the show. And again, I'm going to just say it again. I like Kevin because, yes, he is attractive. And he's that very charismatic guy. And you think, like, oh, there's nothing deeper about him. But, like, that is where you're wrong. And I hate when people just kind of, like, oh he's like he's the stereotypical actor hot guy you know whatever but like no he has so much more depth to him he's so much like Jack which is another reason why I feel like people should like him more because I feel like everyone's favorite character is Jack and Kevin is literally Jack from like the alcoholism and the idea of wanting a family and everything like there's just so much about him that is like Jack and I already spoke about one of my favorite scenes of kevin that happens when he's like eight and it's in part two if you want to hear it because i don't want to say it again um but it basically just emphasizes how you know everyone's always worried about kate and randall but like what about kevin he has depth too and anyway okay so bringing it back to details of this season Um, Rebecca's disease was a big portion of that. And this was like the big point of contention at the end of season four that led to Kevin and Randall's big fight. I mean, Rebecca's disease, it really sucks, but it makes sense because, you know, my prediction, I feel like everyone's prediction for how the show is going to end was always with Rebecca's death. And then they're going to have some scene of Jack and Rebecca reuniting and watching over their family or something. So, you know, I feel like it's inevitable and it made sense to have something with that Um, and then with that being said I was definitely on Kevin's side of the argument I did not think it was right to force Rebecca into that program in St. Louis if she didn't want to like if she didn't want to go and it was again just a testament to why I don't like Randall because he's so controlling and it's like no your mom is still sane and can make decisions for herself that's not fair and then of course as for Kevin and Randall's fight itself um that was like a little reminder that was when randall said to kevin that his job was pathetic and jack died disappointed in him and kevin said that the worst day of his life was when randall came home and i mean i don't really know which one's worse like i feel like people are going to lean more towards what kevin said to randall as worse but like you're telling him that his father would die disappointed in him and Jack is such a crucial element of the show and Kevin just like constantly thinks about his father and that was the best that was another episode like a scene when Kevin first has the kids and he's trying to be like his dad and there's that one scene where you have Justin Hartley and Milo Ventimiglia who are never in scenes together obviously um are there together and it's like him imagining him and it's like, stop trying to live up to me or like putting me on a pedestal type of thing. And it was just like, ugh, heart melted. But anyway, the fight was very heated. They walked on eggshells for several episodes. And finally, they had the big episode to, you know, hash everything out. I definitely heard both sides of the fight. And I thought it was a great episode that brought like everything to the surface. I will just say one thing in regard to some of the stuff mentioned, that a lot had to do with Randall being black, obviously, and that made me think about the support group he joined for transracial adoptive people, and I feel like they just kind of, like, forgot about that and didn't show any more of that struggle that he was going through in that support group, and they kind of just, like, brushed it under the rug, so I'm going to be intrigued to see if that comes back. I don't really have much to say about the fight itself, I mean... I think it was very frustrating and I see it on both sides like I see how Kevin is just trying to be apologetic and wants things to go back to normal but at the same time it does feel like he's just going through the motions and saying and he doesn't exactly saying what he thinks he wants to hear but he doesn't understand the root problem that Randall was experiencing but I think like Randall was also putting him through a hard time like just spell it out for him like he's trying why do you have to keep making him feel worse about it like just tell him what the problem was um okay then as for randall and the whole storyline with his birth mother um i hated the episode when randall learned about his birth mother and went to new orleans because you guys know randall is not my favorite character and i prefer other storylines so when they have a whole episode uh, episode dedicated to his his story and his birth mother it was really frustrating But it was interesting to see him and Rebecca speak about that in the finale and how Rebecca still sits with guilt over finding William and, like, not telling him about it and all that. Um, So, yeah. Then let's talk about the other half of Randall, the superior half, and that is Beth. Freaking love Beth. She's literally amazing. Um, And I want to talk about her and her career So we know that she had to shut down the dance studio because of COVID, but we do know that it's not the end of the dance studio because in the future seasons, we see her at the studio. So we know it's going to come back at some point. Um, And also with this aspect of the storyline, I loved in that one episode a few weeks ago where we got to see both Rebecca and um beth have some pep talk moments in the past and the present like those are really really cute and i loved it especially because beth doesn't really have that type of relationship with her own mother and then speaking of mother-daughter relationships beth and tess Like Beth is literally a superhero and it is ridiculous how Tess has been treating her. It reminds me very much of like Julie Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights vibes where like Tammy Taylor is freaking goddess and Julie just is horrible and whines and awful. So I understand that Tess has been going through a lot. Obviously coming out and then dating someone who is non-binary which is very different you know for the family I guess and in this day and age, like obviously it's very, it's not very common, but it's more common than it was years ago. Um, and it's important that they're showing these new types of issues on the show. But I think Bendel, Bendel, I think Beth has handled it so well and she's not acting any different and like treating her different than how, you know, she treats like Deja and Malik, for example. And honestly, I feel like, Tess is being a little hypocritical about this because Tess constantly says that she feels like Beth is treating her differently and like you're looking at me weird and all that stuff but the fact that Tess keeps bringing it up over and over again only makes it stand out that much more you know like she's just kind of adding fuel to the fire and that so, I don't know if maybe they're just trying to really capture that teenage angst, but I feel like it's really not fair for Beth. And as for the finale, this was the ultimate thing that bugged me. And I know it bugged other people too, because I saw some people um, like discussing it online. But when Tess didn't feel like herself in the bridesmaid dress, I guess, like, I get it you shouldn't have to wear something that makes you uncomfortable, but I'm sorry, it's a wedding and this day isn't about you. Like, it's not like Tess was making a statement about her identity and saying she wasn't comfortable in a dress and wanted to wear a suit instead. She just basically didn't like the style of her dress and they ended up altering it to just be a style that was more her style and wearing that. But again, It is a wedding and countless times bridesmaids have to wear dresses that they don't want to wear, but they suck it up because it's not about them. It's literally a wedding and that is the number one rule. The bride gets their way. So I'm sorry. I know Tess is a teenager and she's going through a lot right now, but saying, I don't feel like myself in this dress. No, like I'm sorry. No, it doesn't have anything to do with like your identity. You just don't like the style of your dress And I thought that was ridiculous. So, sorry, not sorry. Okay, now let's talk about Kate. So, the first aspect I want to talk about is Kate and the birth mother, Ellie, and the adoption whole thing. So, honestly they adopt obviously um, Haley and I forgot about the whole flash forward scene at the beginning of season four where remember we meet all these people who we don't know and it ends up being grown-up Jack and his wife who's pregnant having a baby and then his um sister Haley so because I forgot about that when they adopted the baby I did not know her name was Haley even though like I guess if you were really paying attention you would know because he calls her Haley um but that episode when Toby talks to that guy in the parking lot as he's waiting for the baby to be born and the other man is waiting for his wife and he talks about his wife and the collection of those little figurines and he then gives Toby a little figurine and Toby ends up naming Haley, like giving Haley the middle name of Rose after the man's wife. Like that was so adorable. Um, I also really loved... The birth mother, I loved Ellie, and it was frustrating because Kate kept trying to become friends with Ellie, and it seems like they could have been, but given the arrangement, that really isn't just, it's just not fair to Ellie, because, like, what would she expect to, like, hang around and then see her daughter grow up without, like, her being her life? Like, it's just, I don't know, I feel like Kate was a little naive about the arrangement, Um, and like it's one thing when you put the plans in motion before the baby gets there but then when she actually did deliver and you know you have that emotional bond in the very beginning and all that like it's really really frustrating Um, and I'm sure I mean obviously I can't be I can imagine it but it seems unimaginable Um, so yeah it'll be interesting to see if Ellie ever comes back up though then as for Kate and Mark I totally forgot about this part of the season. Like, I went back and like just looked up "This Is Us" season five to reread the little descript, like the little short descriptions, not the whole episode, but just like the one line, two line about what happened in the episode to refresh my memory. And it said something like Kate confronts her past, and I was like, oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Um, so I was really glad to see the whole chapter with Mark come to an end. Um, surprising to learn that she got pregnant and then had an abortion and honestly the fact that she's telling Toby like just now makes me believe that obviously Rebecca, Kevin, and Randall don't know and that must have been excruciating on her part to have to have kept a massive secret like that to herself and have had no one to talk about it with like oh my god and I wonder if she's ever gonna I mean I don't see why it would really come up since like she already kind of got the closure she said she wanted and I don't see why she would you know bring it back up again but man that's kind of crazy and it also makes me think about that whole dynamic of like the family because here she is telling Toby but then her other immediate family doesn't know and that made me think of that episode when um, Kevin and Madison come over to lunch at Kate and Toby's and they're talking about, or like maybe it's at Kevin and Madison's and they're talking about expensive sushi and Toby lost his job. And, you know, Kevin's basically like, oh, I want to help. I don't see it as my money. It's our money. Like we're a family. And it's very interesting to see how like that transition to like for Kevin to go through. I think it was really cool to show that because I feel like they never talk about that in movies and TV shows. And like, again, I'm not there in my life, but it's a very fascinating way to understand it. And I could, I kind of understand, like, I, not that I understand it, but I, try to imagine it sometimes where the idea like you know y- your sibling especially Kevin and Kate they're twins like they're like your best friend they're you have, share half of your DNA like they're the closest person to you biologically and all of that and they're your immediate family along with your parents but then you go out and you get married and have your own children it's like you have a new version of your family and your sibling has a new version of their family and it kind of feels like you drift apart and it is really it's really weird concept like that you're no longer your like little nuclear family of your parents and your siblings. you then have to like expand it and let go of some of it, and you can tell that that's clearly a little difficult for Kevin and so I just kind of like that they touched on that briefly um but then, as for Kate and Toby, the part you've been waiting for, don't worry, it's not the last thing because I'm saving Kevin for the end, but what in the world like it kind of makes sense, though, in a way, given everything that we've seen up until this point. So I just think we weren't expecting to see Kate get married to someone else in the finale. But I think all the seeds were kind of there for her, him, for Kate and Toby to, to break up. Like, if I need to remind you, Kate and Toby have had many marital problems in the past. Like, when Kate wanted to get pregnant the first time... Toby joined CrossFit and was losing all this weight and, like, keeping it a secret from her. Um, Then they had problems when dealing with, like, they were struggling with Jack's needs, and now Toby losing his job and everything. So there have definitely been a lot of problems, like, bubbling up for them. Um, But then again, a few seasons ago, the creators put us through the ringer, making it seem like Beth and Randall ended, but that was fake. So all I can say is that while I was surprised, I wasn't so surprised. Like, um keep in mind there was that flash forward seasons ago that we've like forgotten about a little bit when we saw toby in a bed by himself with no wedding ring on and they were also not together yet in the big house that kevin built like you know saying oh they're on their way and it's like who is on their way is it kate and um kate and jack like people thought maybe did kate die like we were like what is happening so i think we didn't entirely like I wasn't completely I was completely shocked I guess because I thought it- we were gonna get something with Kevin and Sophie not Kate and Toby breaking up and Kate getting married to someone else so while I was like shocked to see the marriage and stuff like after some time of like thinking it through I'm not entirely shocked given all the problems that they go through I was just again like it was a drastic thing to like just jump into I guess um and I think with that being said, we're all just eager to see what happens in the next 5 years to get to the point of Kate marrying the British teacher guy. Um and also every season starts with their birthday. So do you guys think like that season 6 like opening will be their 41st birthday or are they going to do like small time jumps here and there? Like I don't know how they're going to be able to get from 40 to 45 like, that quickly to then get able be able to get to the ultimate time jump without, like, making it seem so abrupt. Like, it's going to be 18 episodes, but, like, the same as usual except for this season, I think. But I'm just like, when is it going to happen? Like, how are they going to time jump so seamlessly to get everything that we need to know? I don't know. Then other favorite episodes and little moments from the show that I want to mention before we get into the Kevin Madison stuff. The episode about Nikki coming to see Kevin after the twins are born, and he learned how to use Amazon to build the snow globes, like, that was so cute, and then he got stopped at airport security, and he threw them out, and I, it was so sad, I was like, it was the sweetest thing ever, like, why couldn't he just ship them from that point on, like, you know, sometimes I feel like security might do that, if you want it, like, you can just ship it, I don't know, but it was so, it was so heart-wrenching, um, then when Malik shadowed Randall at work and he ended up changing with the camera on like you knew it was going to happen it felt so much like secondhand embarrassment and like cringe but like you knew it was going to happen because Randall kept stressing like to Malik yeah all you got to do is turn it on and turn it off so you knew something was going to happen but it was also really really funny um then when randall and beth stayed on the phone with madison while like they were driving back from new orleans and madison was in labor and they were waiting till kevin got there like sweetest thing ever um and getting to see miguel stand up um for himself against nikki like uh, and when he said like the only person i need to defend myself to isn't here anymore like that was powerful okay Not necessarily the moment you guys have been waiting for, but the moment I have been waiting for. Let's talk about Kevin, Madison, Sophie. You guys know I am strongly team Kevin and Sophie. And from that episode in season four that I spoke about at length in part two, you know, the one where Kevin visits Sophie when her mom dies. Well, and that's also the episode when he sleeps with Madison. And then obviously, because we already know that by Thanksgiving, he was going to be married or engaged and with um, to someone who was pregnant with twins. We, or I don't know if we knew that she was pregnant with twins. Regardless, we knew that like it had to be Madison. It just worked out in the time. So because of that, I felt like it was over between Kevin and Sophia. And I had one ounce of hope, but like, I really wasn't, wasn't holding on. Like I was holding on, but I was also like, I'm not going to get this. I know I'm going to be disappointed. But ladies and gentlemen, that hope has grown yet again. I said it from the beginning. Kevin and Madison had zero, and I mean zero chemistry. And I completely agree with what Zoe and Nikki said and the whole like Jerry Maguire 2.0 thing, Kevin being a people pleaser. He goes with the flow and just wants to keep everyone happy, often forgetting about himself and what he deserves. Like I completely agree and I see it a thousand times over and you know he was just so over the moon about being married with children by 40 and like that he was so focused on that which he almost did get but you know he just wants a family of his own but you can't force it like he keeps saying oh we want this family and like him and Madison like you like I don't know when it com- when it came time for the finale though I knew the wedding was going to happen but I just didn't think madison was going to be the one to end it like i didn't think it was going to end the way it ended but like good for her for finally realizing what she deserves and i thought that with the previous episode before the finale which i loved you know when sophie called and we saw that flashback where kevin wrote that mission statement about growing old together um and you know madison dwelling on the fact that you know kevin's answer said he didn't want to grow old that was like very stark And for sure with that, I thought Kevin would be the one to bolt and find Sophie or something. But it's not what happened. And I definitely do not think Sophie is out of the picture for several reasons. So number one, when they had that little montage of Kevin's exes seeing the magazine article announcing the engagement, both Cassidy and Zoe were happy. And Sophie was too at the beginning, but then her facial expression started to change and it resembled, it resembled something more of regret. And you guys, you would have loved to have seen me while watching this. Me and my mom were watching this and I literally was like jumping up and down as soon as they started with the montage. I stood up, was like waiting for Sophie and I'm like pointing at her face, laughing crazily, like over the moon, jumping with her joy, just screaming with excitement, like I couldn't contain myself. Then with that came another moment when Sophie calls him to congratulate him. And I noticed no ring on her left finger, which, you know, could just be that she doesn't wear her ring at work because she is a nurse. But the fact that she says that she changed her phone number leads me to believe that something happened with her fiance. I don't know. And they wouldn't have just like included that line for no reason. They're definitely coming back to that. Um, I don't know how like what is her fiance going to be somehow abusive or stalkerish or something like it kind of seemed like that would come out of the blue like he was supporting her while she was mourning her mother's loss like I don't I don't know exactly how they would do it but I'm holding out hope. Other things, we know that Alexandra Breckenridge, who plays Sophie, is the lead on the show Virgin River, and that's why she can't be such a major role in This Is Us, um, you know, because you can't, not that she's a star, but even sometimes a supporting role, it's difficult um, on two, to be on two shows at the same time, let alone during the pandemic, like, It's like impossible, but I feel like that's why they're kind of like dropping these hints very like subtly and softly and slowly and they're very small and we're not going to get to see their end game until like the very end. And that brings up another element of their relationship, and I'm sorry if I'm boring you guys, but I'm overly passionate about this. So we know that Kevin and Sophie have a thing for being there for each other when in mourning, first when Jack died, and then again when Sophie 's mom died. Like I already said, I think that Rebecca dying is the end, so maybe that's how they're going to get back together because you know, Kevin is wearing a wedding ring in that last scene. Um, like in one of the flash forwards when he puts his hand I think on Rebecca's hand or something so he's with somebody um, and as for people like thinking that it's Madison like no they're not going to find each other I know like in the um, flash forward Madison is still there which led some people to think like maybe they're going to find their way back and their love is going to grow into something I don't know but like no she's still Kate's best friend and the mother of Kate, of Kevin's children. But that doesn't mean that he's in love with her, you know? And the final thing I want to say about Kevin and Sophie, and the final minuscule Easter egg in the flash forward that gives me the ultimate hope that I feel like people are brushing over, is that at the very beginning of the episode and the very end of the episode, Kevin is practicing a speech. And at the beginning of the episode, we think it's his we think i thought maybe it was his vows or something i don't know and but by the end of this the episode we obviously learn that it's his toast to Kate for the wedding and of course he's added, asking if movie references are okay because that was the whole thing between Kate and Toby and you know he's asking Kate if that's okay cuz like she's not marrying Toby and for sure in that moment when she asked about the when he asked about the movie references i thought Kate and Toby were like renewing their vows or something but like it just I don't know but he starts he's practicing his speech and he's saying marriage marriage is what brings us together or something and to be completely honest I didn't know what that reference was to I didn't know was what movie it was from until I started reading people's comments and someone just said like they didn't like read into it like I'm about to read into but they were just like oh I loved seeing the princess bride thing and I was like hold on a second that's from the princess bride. Lights just went off in my head, like, like screaming in my head right now because Kevin preparing the speech, marriage, 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 whatever from the Princess Bride, and need I remind you of the significance of that movie? Let me just put a little um like thing into the air. I think it was first the season one. It had to be season one. Season one, the Big Three's tenth birthday party. Kate wants to have a Madonna party. I don't think Randall had anything or like maybe he didn't really care. And what theme did Kevin pick for his birthday party? The princess bride and why did he pick that because there was a new girl in school that he really liked and he wanted to get her attention and of course by the end of the episode we learn that the woman he went to the doorstep to and professes love and this was the woman he was married to that we hadn't even known for was the same little girl from the princess bride movie and her name was sophie so i was like oh my god And they didn't do that lightly. You can't tell me that they just picked a random... Like, they picked the Princess Bride because it was, like, a fun thing to do at weddings. Like, no. It was not just that. They did it for the obvious reason. And somebody else commented another Easter egg that they think is, like, a thing. I don't know. It might be reading a little too much into it for me because this is, like, Taylor Swift, now Olivia Rodrigo-level Easter eggs, and I think it's not... I don't think this is us. is to that extent. But people are saying that the door that Kevin comes out of like his room, the room number is 405. And season four, episode five of This Is Us is the episode when Kevin and Sophie like come back after getting married when they're like 20. So I don't know. Maybe I'll rewatch that scene to see if Kevin has a wedding ring on. I don't know if I'm, I don't think they would show it. Um, but maybe, um, so yeah and that's I feel like that's the only flash forward scene that had the most easter eggs like we saw then that at that point Kevin already established the like construction company and building the house I don't know I don't know other things from the flash forward Nikki is married so hopefully he finds Sally because that would be adorable Um, Rebecca says build the house which of course is bringing us a lot closer to the end and I mean I can't believe that season six is like finally here like we've known since the beginning of the show that it was going to end in season six and that they said they know exactly how the show is going to end I just can't believe it's already here and I can't but at the same time it's not here because we have to wait till 2022 that's right sadly This Is Us will not air until 2022 not sure when if it's going to be January if it's going to be March I don't know. It is 18 episodes. And they said that the reason they're doing that is because, you know, so many people were upset about, um, the way that season five ran and how they always had like three weeks on and then three weeks off. And it was very like chopped up. And, you know, because of that, they want to give the fans what they deserve. And they want to give them like every episode, like in a row and have no gaps. And, they can only do that if they start in 2022 because if they start in 2021 they want it like in the fall cuz normally things wouldn't start till September. I don't like there's more it, they would need 18 weeks and they would not get through 18 weeks um in a row because Christmas and like the holiday break would come and you know all shows always usually they air the last episode maybe before Thanksgiving and then from Thanksgiving through New Year's Eve like through New Year's they take a hiatus. Um and so that would leave fans waiting and I guess they just don't want to do that to fans after this past season and how it's it's going to be the last season anything anyhow um but yeah so those are my opinions about this is us i guarantee you i will give you a part four when the this is us series finale airs next year um but until then like i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm just it's i love the show and i can't wait till like it ends i don't even know um but otherwise be sure to um, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We're going to be getting a lot more part threes pretty soon since a lot of these shows have been coming back and also shows are wrapping up the season, so we're going to have stuff to discuss. Um, so then make sure you're following me at Not So Critically Acclaimed both on Instagram and TikTok so you can stay on top of everything. Um, you can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can join the Facebook group, Um all that good stuff. So yeah, be sure to tune in next week. And thanks for listening. Bye.